did uh, she went as a pumpkin that's fun yeah it was it was it was fun because it was stupid looking and i made sure she knew it and i, <laughs> I told that's her right. often. yeah <laughs> Nice. I took your dad. <laughs> you look ridiculous. I did. I told you, you look so stupid. Look at that thing on your head. It doesn't even make sense. At the top of a pumpkin is a stem, not more pumpkin. That doesn't even make sense. Uh, <laughs> it's another pumpkin? Yeah. It was more like pumpkin whatever skin or whatever. It was like, come on. That doesn't even make sense. What a dumb, what a dumb costume. Good thing nobody saw you. Uh, fine, let's talk about football. Uh, I'm doing my Pat Mahomes voice. Uh, Los Angeles Rams podcast, hey, Los Angeles Rams podcast. I'm 3K underscore Joe here with Robbo at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. Hi, Rob. Hello, everybody. Joey the jerk at LA Rams, Rams, Rams. Hi, Joey, you big old jerk. Uh just breathing covid into this can, can i uh, can i start this off with a question to you guys you can sure. all right so my question is do you guys mind the heat like if you were on the sidelines of a mm-hmm. of a football game and it was 140 degrees mm-hmm. would you be just like dying or would you be like eh, it's hot it's super hot but like i'm you know I'm crazy, you know. I'm I'm not too bad. I think I'm more the latter, but that's because I've grown up in the heat. I've pre- played football in the heat. Here's what I don't get: Was it really 140? Like, I don't, how is that possible? Well, that's it's what the a, that's what the barometer said, right? That's it, that, is that taking like humidity? Does that factor in that number at all? Because like, it can't be like actually 140. That's it's November on Earth. <laughs> But he, the but temperature the thing, is 82 in Miami today. Like I, I, I get what you're saying that that's what the the thermometer said, but or whatever that instrument was that was telling us it was 140. I just maybe I'm science stupid. I don't understand how it can be 82 and 140. I know I can't either. Shade. But if if you looked at that team in the first half, even yeah. just looking at Sean McVay, yeah. they looked like they were literally cooking. <sighs> on a skillet like they, they, he was covered in sweat and i felt like the players just were slow i felt like uh, goff was completely just uh, different goff i'm not saying that the man doesn't play with flaws in other games but it felt <laughs> like every throw oh, was being sh- deflected all of the the blocking just was just oh. off their whole offense was just as if they were trying to trudge through a marsh of like a swamp. It wasn't even grass. It was just this sort of kind of ugh. ugh. It was a ugh. big ugh. Final score, Los Angeles Rams 17, Miami Dolphins 28. Jared Goff finishes 35 of 61 with reports pregame that the Rams were looking forward to run the ball frequently against the Miami run defense. Yep. That's exactly how that works. Speaking of, eight carries for Daryl Henderson Jr., who was doing fantastic until, I guess, a thigh injury pulled him out of the game. Ten carries for Malcolm Brown, who was averaging four a carry, did quite well. And then Cam Akers got a lot of work in the second half, nine carries for 35. So you finish with 27 runs compared to 61 passes. Uh, I should mention Jared Goff had one touchdown and the two interceptions. We'll get to the turnovers in a bit. Cooper Cup got targeted 21 times today. 11 catches, 110 yards, didn't get the ends on the touchdown went to Robert Woods on that 
that play where the Miami defender and man just got completely picked out and Robert Woods had a fantastically easy touchdown. Uh, also had the, another touchdown on the end around with two carries. Um, uh, Josh Reynolds, four for 44. Gerald Everett, five catches, 32. They were both targeted nine times. We'll get to Gerald Everett as well. Van Jefferson caught both of his targets for 23 yards, and then you had the running backs coming up. Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson got some work. Tyler Higby, two catches, 14 yards, but we know he's dealing with an injury. I think there were two stories today. Number one was the defense. The defense was fantastic. Yet again, I don't know that that surprises anybody, especially because Miami's offense is very bad on paper to attack of Aloha and not. Uh, Micah Kaiser was your leader in tackles, only had six, but that's because they ran so few plays uh, compared to the Rams. The Rams uh, ultimately uh, had 92 plays compared to Miami's 48. So the, the Rams defense just didn't come anywhere near to getting as much work as Miami's did. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day had a, a nice day himself, five tackles. Aaron Donald, four tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. Got the strip uh, on to, uh, obviously, Aaron Donald's a beast. And story number one, the defense. Story number two has to be the turnovers and the play from Jared Goff and the play calling from Sean McVay and the synthesis of that on offense. Rob, where do we start? Uh, I, th- I think we start by everyone taking some uh, some kind of diarrhea medicine, like some Momodium AD, because you're going to need it after watching that mess. It, it was, okay, hear me out, fellas. I think I see this a lot when we talk, uh, especially after poor performances, but what in the hell happens to Sean McVay where he has a successful running game going and into the game? he just can't do it. He can't do it. And they talk about how they want to do it, but game time happens. And he goes, pass, pass, pass. Oh, you know what? Can't I'm going to pass him. my way back into it. He just Always. He gets out of it. And then he has a success. He, he resets himself. He'll have a couple of drives where it's like, all right, I need to redo this. He'll go back and he'll hand the ball off twice. Or maybe and it'll work. In a row, and it works. And you get a first <laughs> down. You set up. And then he's like, pass. And I'm like, oh, I got to make up for it. But I better pass. And it's just, it snowballs. And it's so. At one point, they were averaging seven yards a carry. They still ended up with like four or five after Henderson went out and and they didn't really run more in the second half. But they had 130 yards today rushing. Yeah, uh, uh, 131, so 122 from yeah, running backs. Yeah, they were right? they did great. They if if you just do that, look at the look at the play at, at the end of the half. It's second and two from the two, <laughs> and I realize the time is running out. You're averaging five and a half yards a carry. Run. The fucking ball up I, the middle and get that touchdown. I tweeted it's, it's that there for the taking. He's like uh, Hingle McCringleberry from the Key and Peel uh, skit, where he thrusts his hips twice and he can't <laughs> stop himself from doing it. Oh th- it's impossible for him to. to do it. He has to. Oh, he was just amazingly fired up here today, Jeff. You gotta love the way this guy plays, and he. Oh, oh see now there's one pump. Uh-oh. Oh, well, I cannot believe this kid. You gotta put your team first in situations like this, and McCringleberry's just not oh, doing now that. Now there's two, Jeff. Mm. Now if he pumps a third time, he will draw his third penalty mm. for today. Everybody here, waiting with bated breath. He did oh, it. Oh, did he? Yes, he did it. Oh, that's he just couldn't help that's himself. Just amazing. It's it's very. I mean, we've we've kind of joked about this, but it was really evident today. It was Mike Martian. It just. I'm just going to show you that I'm, I know how smart I am and I'm going to do it. And I believe in my system quarterback and whatever. And Brian Flores continually fucked him. Sorry, kids. Uh, Brian, Brian Flores continually probed him with a unit that, uh, it just, ugh, it, it, it's yep. so aggravating. So that's where I'm at with that. It's run the ball. Joey, the ball. um, your boy. And we, we, there's a couple angles yep. of this. 
we talked about on Friday an episode that we tried to record and get out and we didn't get it out in time. We talked about the idea that part of what Jared Goff has to do to be successful is make good decisions. That that because he's a system QB that's defined by the limitations of what he's allowed to do and, and he doesn't have a physical skill set of these guys that can run around and create plays off script, he's got to stay on script, which means he's got to make good decisions. What, what happened today? Obviously, he made a, several bad decisions, <laughs> but beyond just sort of criticizing his decision-making, which is easy to do, mm. I want to kind of step back for just a second and talk about why he needed to throw the ball 61 times. It feels like <laughs> McVeigh is impatient just as a person where he's looking at the way a run game works and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Six yards, four yards, two yards. I want 21 yards. I want a big passing play because it's faster and I need to keep moving because it's so fucking hot. It felt like there was this ADD to it all, that the run game was smoking, awesome, moving really well. And it was like, no, Jared Goff needs to move this off. It's not Daryl Henderson, not K Makers, not Malcolm Brown. Not even Robert Woods on a jet sweep. It just felt like Jared Goff had to be the general throwing the ball for McVay to feel like that's what the offense, the identity of this team is. And when you do that, you also have to go, okay, well, then how's that working out for you? And it was working out terribly. The first quarter of the game showed Jared Goff just constantly getting the ball batted down. And when that was happening... It really felt like the offense knew that McVeigh was going to get let Jared Goff throw the ball. They didn't believe for a second that this was going to be a run-heavy offense. So they were just locked in on stopping Goff, and they were rushing the ball, making him uncomfortable, and they were leaving the middle of the field open so that he could, if he was able to, get the ball to guys like Tyler Higbee and Gerald Everett. and. As the game progressed, I feel like time and time again, guys like Gerald Everett were letting him down. He was not accurate. I'm not saying that Jared Goff was let down by his receivers. However, everybody was playing kind of shitty. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody was struggling and guys like Robert Woods were great and they were stepping up and they did what they needed to do. But also that touchdown pass was like a practice throw. You can't give too much credit to that, but is it, when sure. they really needed it, I felt like they just didn't get it done. And maybe yeah. if this was a six-quarter long game, they could have came back because they didn't really kind of figure it out till the end of the third quarter on how to move the ball down the field effectively. But if you just break down what happened in the second quarter, 21 points by the Dolphins, and one of them was just a punt return. Yep. And we shouldn't have punted the ball. You know, we, we 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 shouldn't be punting the ball with this type of offense, that type of run defense. It was just so frustrating because I believe that they really truly melted down <laughs> in the second quarter. That they were just so fucking hot and they were so uncomfortable and they just didn't want to be there. And you could read it in the body language of the team. I think two things. Number one. If Seattle's letting Russ cook, was this letting Jared get cooked? I think we messed it up. I think we did it backwards, number one. And then number two, is Sean McVay, would he have been the worst friend to go trick-or-treating with? Like, if you're going trick-or-treating with Sean McVay, he's like, oh, let's go. They got got almond joys. Everybody run. Let's go. Like, wait. 
We're not running. You just walk up and get the candy. Oh, hurry up! We gotta go now! You can't just you can't just go get one candy. We gotta get all the candy. Let's go. Well, and you would have the diagram of the most efficient way to get through every driveway. What do you mean? Last you year. don't don't walk in a straight line. You have to walk in this curved direction. You can have four houses in one route. When it was four, we went this way. We did. We went exactly at six thirty-two to this house. Knocked on the door. He was there in thirty-two seven seconds. Yeah, he just. Uh. He still has king size. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think there's a there's an aspect of it that was almost almost impossible to believe that that they couldn't be running the ball more and it, it created that weird perception of either either the heat affecting them or you know brian flores just being in his head because we obviously remember the super bowl and the fact that now he's put together multiple game plans that have completely stymied what the rams are trying to do on offense i think you also just had a weird confluence of some really bad luck uh, in that second quarter where you, you know, or the first half in general, you had four turnovers. Like how often that just doesn't happen very often to have that That's in 91. With, a, with a punt return touchdown. That's just so rare and so unlucky. But I think the thing you'd say is that the Rams were putting themselves in position for that to happen because he kept trying to throw the ball under pressure and he kept trying. It, it was that weird combination of holding the ball too long when you know that your offensive line isn't giving you time and they're bringing extra men and you got to get rid of it. But at the same time, he was, he was going off of these basic reads of, I know if this guy's here, then I need to throw it there. And he was just doing it regardless of whether the person was open or not, or if there was a defender and it just, it did not work well over the course of the game. Obviously we made some stuff up in the second half, but for the most part, when you get to the end of the third quarter, you had played three quarters of a game and, and really hadn't figured anything out offensively. My favorite thing from today was the Twitter Twitterverse complaining in the second half that uh, that Goff is missing wide open guys. You know, when, you, when you're going empty and they're coming after you. You don't he, have time. Exactly. We saw what happened when he held the ball. He got destroyed. <laughs> you have to just make that read and you have to understand where it's coming from and then throw behind it, right? So if the guy's coming from the right and he's unblocked, you're either going to throw behind it, which they didn't really do a lot of slants in this yep. game. They tried it late in the game to like a little out, and they were sitting on it. But you just get you have to. He, Goff has to be smart enough to know where that's going, and either get rid of it, throw it away, and live to, or eat it. Uh, you can't you can't just hold it like that. You have to know they're coming. Uh, but the the Twitterverse was like, oh, you know, Woods is wide open on the left. Why is he looking there? He can't because his head was in his ass the last time he tried it, and the ball was on the turf. Yeah. He just yeah. you cannot. You cannot block that many guys and hold the ball. Yeah. You have to make your read and go with it. And uh, also not throw it to a, uh, a a dog, drop him back and, and you know, throwing it right into his lap. He only that has two interceptions, but he technically, he could have threw. He had a, he could have yeah, had he threw like five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they, yeah, they yeah. hit the, they was, hit the, the guys in the hands. Those cornerbacks could have easily snapped that ball up. How about, what about, look at the pick six. Was that an easy yeah. interception or what? Right. I mean, like, but he, he, he made the read. He knew that's where he was supposed to throw the ball and he just hammered it. Not even really caring who was there almost here. Here's a question for you, Joey. We talked about mystery illness going around the team with Tristan Jackson and Gerald Everett. Mm -hmm. Today we learned it was Jalen Ramsey who got pulled. Are we worried about mm -hmm. Mr. Are we wor worried about COVID-20? Well, that's a very good question. Now, Jordan, out of the, the Athletic, they're reporting that they're saying it's not COVID-19 related, but maybe they're just yeah. saying that because they don't want to announce it. The Rams are very, you know, cagey about 
which is why which is why we have to call it COVID twenty. This is our new COVID. Right, right. I mean, it could be, you know, it could be a real illness. It could be the stomach flu. Yeah. He could have totally got blasted last night, and he's you know pooping out his mouth. Who knows How, what's going it, on? It just seems weird to me in in an age where we're doing more than ever in our entire lives to restrict the spread of illness. That somehow the Rams have an illness that's going around. That's not the illness we're protecting ourselves from. I'd like, yeah. like, how is that even possible, man? I know we're, we're wearing face masks. You got plastic everywhere. But you know what? The, how you know the what the, spread I think the most interesting thing about Jalen Ramsey being too sick to play is that it really kind of didn't decide the game that much. I At mean, all? yeah, it it, it could yeah. have helped to have him out there because David Long did prove himself to be <laughs> not the best backup that sure, the Rams sure. could get. He definitely got exposed and they were going after him during the game, which they, you know, they should have. That's what you do. And I mean, I really like Darius Williams, the way this guy's playing this season. I I think he's great and I think he's fantastic. But I'm surprised that uh, Long just wasn't effective. And sure, but it didn't really become that much of a factor. But going back to the golf thing with what Robbo said about Twitter and them talking about the open guys. It also felt like this game was really sort of the gavel pounding down on the idea that Goff has really lost the fan base's faith. Yeah. It feels like going forward, he is not the, the – like, yes, technically he's the future because of his contract. But as far as the future of the franchise going, we're Jared Goff or Buss, like he's our guy, I don't think that that's really – the um the main thinking with the fan base. I feel like Rams fans are now thinking we have a flawed quarterback. Oftentimes we're gonna grouse that he sucks and he has this bad contract and we just have to wait till we can unload it. Kind of not dissimilar to how a lot of the fans felt about Todd Gurley last season. Sure. I, I think the difference is that you've got a floor and a ceiling and this was a floor game, right? That's right. We've seen we've seen ceiling games from him, and the ceiling games are good enough to to win mm-hmm. pretty much against anybody. So I think part of what is going to be tough is you got to take these where and and the, the, it can come against. Now the Dolphins have a pretty good defense, especially pass defense on paper. So I'm not saying that Jared Goff had his worst game against the Jets or something like that. That would be you know apocalyptic. But the the idea that you you can't get these games out of Jared Goff against decent defenses isn't true. They can get these games out of Jared Goff, whether that's the Dolphins or the Bears or the Eagles. We've seen different teams that can really frustrate Sean McVay. And when you frustrate Sean McVay systemically, it frustrates the shit out of Jared Goff because that's the that's the synthesis between the two. That's how it works, being a system QB. Um, but you're right. I think the fan base has gotten more – I don't know if it's realistic, but, but I, I think they've come to accept the idea that you can't just say, oh, Jared Goff's got these physical tools and this potential – now that a guy's in year five and has enough of the games like this, games against 49ers, that's another team that stymied them, right? Where you can say, look, this guy's got some limitations and his floor is low enough where there's going to be days when, yeah, it gets pretty wild on Twitter. I think the biggest knock on the Twitter you know, social thing when you're watching a game and, you, and he's having a good game, everything's great, everyone's happy, hey, draft mode, whatever. But during these types of games and maybe the Bears last year, uh, Super Bowl, when it's when it's Struggleville and the system is is failing the system QB, the biggest complaint is that he's not Patrick Mahomes, he's not a Russell, he's not right. Deshaun Watson, a guy who can create his own, uh, or even a pocket guy, a Rod, 
I guess he was pretty mobile as well, yeah. but he, he's more of a thrower, right? Uh, guys who who can overcome the failing of the system and still succeed. And that's Goff has not proven that quite yet. Right. That he can he can overcome the shortcomings of the system around him yeah. and still make the unknown play this the the Sandlot play to win the football game. That's 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 and that's you know that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, you just need to have the system be better for him if that's what we're facing. It's as this team goes, it's going to be as as Sean McVay goes. And if he if he's caught up in it and it's not working for him, it's going to be a struggle. If things are going well and he, and the mastermind has that schemed you and. And, and figure out a way to, to take advantage of something you got going or makes an adjustment in game. Uh, like the, the Robert Woods throw yeah. um, the end breaking route, right? Something like that that I wish they would have done more of early on when the, when they're leaving the safety is open. Yeah, it's that's going to happen. So I think that's where we're at with Jared. He's getting paid a lot of money to be a guy, a, a good guy when the system's good, but not an elite creator. I'll give you something. I was a little bit surprised and I know we get silly with him sometimes. Well, most times, but I was a little bit surprised. We didn't see more Johnny Munt with, with as much as Gerald Everett was struggling in pass protection mm-hmm. and knowing that the Rams could have used, use an extra body to help keep Jerry Goff a little bit cleaner. And the, you know, all the 12 personnel that we were running at the end of last year, I was surprised we didn't get more out of the all American kid. It yeah. felt like the scheme wasn't really uh, accurate on, on what they were prepping for. It feels like yeah. Mc, McVeigh and company were scheming something that didn't happen or wasn't shown by yeah. the Dolphins' defense. That one play where Goff got lit up and fumbled the ball and they picked it up and scored that um, yeah. horrific play. If you noticed, that that was when um, Hendo was, um, was, was moving in the backfield and he just ran right yeah. past that dude yep. and – he, Which, he, he, it was it was as if he was aware that he was supposed to do it. It was just a miscommunication. And yeah, you can blame Goff on that. But also, I think Hendo needs to pick that guy up. Well, the thing is, if he does it, if, if it's designed for him not to pick it up, then the throw has to go there because you're letting a free guy come in and get that hit. It's 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 one or the other. You know what I mean? If if if. If Hendo needs to pull him in pass protection, then yeah, he completely botched it. If he's supposed to kick out for and, and sink that guy on the blitz so that you can dump off a screen to him, then Jared Goff has to do that. But, you know, you can't have one and not the other because that's the risk. And I, I don't know if it was a coaching thing or Hendo not getting it or Jared not – or maybe misreading it or what. But, yeah, there was way too much of that where you had guys on the opposite uh, side of the play call and you just can't do that in the NFL, and that's the the perfect example. And mentally, of they just felt like they should have. They wanted to be somewhere else. Yeah. They just yeah. were lost. Yeah. And I kept thinking about how uncomfortable they looked and how hot they probably were. And they just were soft. That a tough team could go in there and be like, "Fuck yeah. it, I know I'm sweltering, and Miami sucks sometimes for weather, but we're just going to grind it out." And they just didn't do it, and it's really disappointing. The Rams have a yeah. lot going against them. Is traveling every single game they play. They're always showing that uh, visual of how many miles they have to travel across the country, and that just happens with West Coast teams because there's more NFL teams on the sure, East Coast. Sure. So but, East. you know, at least there's an advantage of the Rams now being in LA and playing in the NFC West because a the 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 three teams that are on the West Coast. So it's it's not, you know where they're St. Yeah. Louis. Where that was a little bit of a disadvantage, but at least all the other games they were they were over closer to the east, and then now they got games like Miami, where you're practically flying over to the moon, 
And I just, I don't know. I can't stand the weather of Miami. Like I can't do the humidity. I'm like really Southern California. So anytime I go to Miami, I'm always like, (laughs) how do you motherfuckers deal with this shit every day? Like it's a hundred degrees and it's raining and it's sticky and it's just, I don't know. I just, that place is unnatural. <laughs> it's it's 87 on one side of the street and 140 on the I other side so. of the street. I guess so. Let's do this. Robbo, give me an MVP for the game. I know it sucks to take an MVP in a loss, oh, but let's start with the good serious? stuff. Give me, give me one uh, MVP. There's a couple. There's plenty on the defense you can pick from. I guess I'll have to go with, uh, I'm going to go with, can I do the, if I'm going to do, I'm gonna yep, do yep, a combo. Yep. I'm going to go with Troy Hill, the combination of Troy Hill and uh, Tether Rap. Yeah. Back-to-back weeks, working together yeah. to cause turnovers. Very good. They continue to impress, and they deserve – I know even in a loss, it sucks to do it, but they deserve uh, some plaudits for performance. Joey, MVP. I wanted to pick Tether Rap, but Robbo jumped in and did his bullshit two-player suggestion. <laughs> Just kidding, <laughs> Robbo. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go with um, – I'll go with Cooper Cup. Yeah. Big day. Aww. Big day. Coop. Got it done. I got, I got a random one. I really, and I tweeted about it. He's really turning into a decent player, Sebastian Joseph Day. If you if you look at who's making a lot of the plays in run defense, it's not Michael Brockers. It's SJD, yeah. man. He's, start, he's starting to turn into a, essentially a young Michael Brockers. And for a guy that didn't have a lot of hype coming into his NFL career, really enjoying it. He's starting to turn into a decent player. Absolutely. If you if you ever see uh, a run getting stuffed or, or strung out when they play try, try like a stretch that side and it's getting strung up, Look who's there making the stop. It happened again a couple of times there. You see 69. Like nice. just, he's kind of – How do you, how do you not like a guy in number 69? Come on. Yeah. I mean, and he's worked himself into like – when he first came out, he was kind of pudgy. He looked like a bigger Sam Sloman. He's got – you know, he and AD have been working out, and now he's he's got a body to go with it. And I think he, I think you're right. I think You know what you just you just said the Beetlejuice name? If you say Sam Sloman three times, a uh, kick gets – Way wide left. <laughs> Holy shit! I really wanted to take, I really wanted to take Kyle Forbath as my player of the uh, game until he missed the field goal. And that, that wasn't a miss. A, that was more a, than a, a shit. He, he made an extra point and he had deep kickoffs. I was like, all right, Sam, he's gone. And then we had Shankalak up. Uh, Shank, how, how about a goat of the game, a scapegoat, not a greatest of all time? Who's somebody that uh, had had a game to forget that you're really disappointed in? Kyle Forbath. Yeah, fair enough. Good one. <laughs> That counts, Joey. Sean McVay. Sean McVay. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the offensive line. Um, yeah. As good as they played at times this year, that was not a good game. And, um, you know, when you got Jerry Goff, he's not going to be able to escape. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Kyler Murray. You got to protect him. And when you don't, bad things happen. We had a lot of bad things. So, Young, uh, Gerald. young Gerald, we talked about his struggles. Young Gerald is another. He was definitely right there. He's one of the nominees. Oh, man. Oh. That was bad. Rough game for Gerald. So let's do this. 28-17. Put it in a bag. Put the bag in the trash. Put the trash in the dumpster. Light the dumpster on fire. It's gone. We're into the bye. We can talk about this over the next two weeks. Uh, get to heal up. Get rid of this mystery illness. COVID-20. Go away. And then we come back. Our post-bye run. This is going to define the season now that the Rams are 5-3 and three going into NFC West play. Seattle. Tampa Bay. San Fran. Arizona. New England. The Jets, Seattle, and the Cardinals. This is it. This is what's going to define the Rams 2020. Gents, I have something that's going to bring us all together and give us a nice, warm, feel-good wrap-up to this thing. We have an election in two days, and that's going to make everybody happy. Oh, yeah. <sighs> there's going to be no issues with that. <laughs> My week is a perfect time. Let's just flush it all. Oh. <sighs>